Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, spring is really here. The debut program this season of In the Garden with Peter Burke. Brought to you by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, house plants, potting supplies, and so much more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott. Family milled lumber for all projects. Check them out on Facebook. And by Guy's Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And so happy to introduce the host of In the Garden. Here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hey. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Oh, good. Really good right now because this is what we've been waiting for. Absolutely. You got it right on the head right there. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness for the rain. We need rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, there the snowpack was a little uh, thin this year, and so we need the rain to fill up the uh, the tanks and, and to uh, get us started in the garden. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, well, something I've been really looking forward to. That's for sure. And I want to say hi to all the listeners and thank you very much for many of your kind words that you've sent out. I appreciate that. And let's get gardening. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start with, um, well, uh, actually where I want to start is sort of a, a side road. And, uh, I was listening to, uh, uh, Rick Sangari, uh, this week and he introduced a fella, uh, named, uh, Dale Newton and he's doing a, um, uh, a push to, and I like the way he put it, a push to plant sunflower seeds, uh, for, um, for Ukraine. And, uh, he has a, a website that, uh, and it's, uh, you know, plant sunflowers forward for Ukraine and you can Google it and find it pretty easily. And he's been working with, uh, the state and local schools and to just hand out all these, uh, sunflowers. He's, uh, he's handing them out and then on the back there, it, uh, tells you ways to donate to the Ukrainian cause. And, uh, I think that's just great. It's great. Uh, particularly, and the, the way he put it was, we're sitting here watching this. It's so frustrating feeling like there's not much you can really do. And so this is just an act of, of, uh, unity, uh, you know, uh, uh, of support for those people in Ukraine who are really suffering. Uh, my, my son's girlfriend, uh, Yana has been on, uh, uh, a number of different shows and talked about the problem and I see how she's suffering seeing friends and family uh, just completely disrupted and their lives are 
uh, have been um, have it, it just so frustrating to see and to watch it through her eyes is um, just makes you want to do something. And so, um, you gardeners out there, uh, get a few seeds and plant them. Now, there's a bunch of different kinds of sunflower. Um, there are, of course, the ones that most notably are the big sunflower with the striped seed. And, you know, those are the ones that you, you go to, uh, uh, you go, you go and look at, uh, you know, and see if you can get a blue ribbon for what was the tallest one this year was like, 13 feet tall. Unbelievable, yeah. Uh, unbe- yeah, unbelievable, yeah, yeah. And, and I, every once in a while I, I drive around and I'm, I notice somebody's got one of those that's, you know, 10 feet tall and I want to stop and say, okay, how did you do this? How did you start that? How did you get it going? But, um, it's, uh, it's one of those things sort of like a giant pumpkin. There's a, there certainly, uh, takes, uh, an effort to, to, uh, start them early and, uh, and, uh, protect them while they're still growing and feed them and water them on a regular basis. I'm thinking they inject steroids from it. Something's <laughs> happening at night. Shh, wait, wait, don't tell anybody. That's a secret. <laughs> so like the giant pumpkins, that can be a, uh, you know, something that you have to decide that that's what you want. And, um, but a lot of people grow them without doing a darn thing and, uh, uh, they got nice big, uh, sunflowers. They make a great screen. Uh, you can grow things up them because they're so, uh, so sturdy. And, um, but of course in my garden last year, because I plant, uh, black oil seeds in my, my, uh, uh, for my greens, you know, for my, uh, soil, soil sprout greens, and I use the black oil. And the black oil actually is not a single head. It's multiple heads. And uh, so when I uh, when I saw them coming up in a few couple spots, uh, like in the middle of my garlic, I said, oh, well, let's just, just let them grow. And, oh, there were dozens of heads. And they, you know, they stand pretty well. Uh, but they also, they will fall over eventually. So, but their trunks on those things are, uh, they're a good inch and a half, two inches around. I mean, they're, they're solid trunks. They, they really are sturdy. And, and when you want to go to pull them out, forget that, boy, you got to cut them down and then get to shovel them and shovel them out. So the sunflowers are, but there are so many different varieties of sunflowers and, and it's funny, I noticed in Johnny's seed catalog, they, they only do, uh, uh, the, for flowers, for, you know, uh, not, not necessarily the giant, the big giant mammoths, uh, sunflowers. And, uh, so those are, those are a lot of fun and they're great on the table. They're not too tall. They're easier to take care of. And gosh, they're so pretty. There's just so many varieties. You get them with a, a, you know, mixture of orange and yellows and all that kind of stuff. So I don't care what kind of sunflower you decide to grow, but uh, grow something just to show your support for, for the folks in Ukrainian who are really suffering. Okay. I'll get done off of that soapbox. <laughs> we should give a telephone number too. You think, uh, 244, well now you have to dial 802. Yeah. 244-1777 and then the toll free is 1-877-291-8255. And, um, 
this, of course, I, I welcome your calls, and uh, that's what the the show is about: is calling in and asking your questions about your garden, and and also I I um I especially like to hear um uh people call in and brag about a particularly good crop or what they plan to do or how they change their garden. Uh, so you can have bragging rights on the shows too. You don't have to just call in with questions. So um, calling with your bragging rights and things that are a success for you over the season. And you're, you're more than welcome. Right off the bat, caller number one. Oh, there we go. Who do we got? Hi. Hi, uh, Hi, this is Kathleen. One second, let me turn on my radio. Yeah, okay, go right ahead, Kathleen. Sorry. And welcome. So no, I no, live go. in the Adirondacks. I've called the Bill Sayers show before when they had a gardening um, someone, and um, but I've always lived in Massachusetts, uh-huh. and I had great tomatoes, great oh, yeah. success, great success, mm-hmm. and I'm still having trouble understanding. Mm-hmm. In the Adirondacks, we live in a giant, out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. but this, the dirt is sandy. Mm-hmm. And I want to ha- I have to have good tomatoes. Last year was a disaster. <laughs> I always make sauce and everything. So one of my people down the road, they were make they were growing um cherry tomatoes. Yeah. They seemed to have a lot of luck. Oh yeah. But without adding, you know, fertilizer like miracle growers or yeah. chemicals or something. Sure. Can I grow any kind last year I had horrible luck with big boys with early everything was just it, it didn't work yeah. they were green and rotten before I could pick them yeah isn't that something well I think I think you hit on on the probably the most important factor is you're in a different zone you, you're down in Massachusetts you're in zone 5 and and probably even a phone, zone 5A uh, if you're um, near the lake well that's a zone 4 you know plus we call the Lake uh, Champlain region the banana Belt in Vermont because it's warmer. Where I am in central Vermont is probably more like where you are in the Adirondacks. This is a solid uh, zone four, and you have uh, virtually just 120 days of frost free. Um, you can, you know, with tomatoes, you, you have to get a jump on them. You can't plant them from seed. You're going to plant them from sets. And my first suggestion would be to go to the local farmer's market and see what the farmers who are already growing them, what they offer, because they will know better what's going to grow in your area. So I'll give you a few hints. The cherry tomatoes, of course, is as a number one. I grow uh, four trellises, uh, four foot trellises, and I put six cherry tomatoes in each one. And we do the, uh, the sun golds just because everybody loves them. And then I do a, a nice red variety for the flavor. And, uh, some of the grape tomatoes or the cherry 100s or all of those, any of those are good. And, um, as you've noticed, uh, you will get a good crop of those. Now, if you're wanting to make sauce, um, a good, a good one that, uh, that, um, works well in this cold climate is the, called the Jet Star. And that's a medium tomato. It's a, say, two and a half or so, but it's got great flavor and it actually, uh, you get actually real red tomatoes. The other one that I like, and this is one that I, I, I like because it's both good in a salad and it's wonderful for sauce. And I'll, I'll pick them and throw them in the freezer as they, as they ripen and they make my sauce from the frozen. Um, so that's a, um, well, one is called a Nova and it's, it's a, um, it's a Roma type. 
Um, now, if the Amish uh, Roma is probably, you know, is probably the most popular uh, Roma type, uh, and then the San Marzano, but you won't get a really good crop of ripe tomatoes that way. Mm-hmm. You're better off with a smaller one that'll that'll grow and ripen more quickly. And right, uh, so even an heirloom is is really not a good choice. I would not recommend an heirloom for for yeah. you for you because heirlooms, generally speaking, um, are a longer season. And oh, the, it was a disaster last year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> well, I, you probably have all the the green tomato tomato relish that you can stand. Oh right? my word! Yes, I don't understand the soil here. We're not near a lake. We have a river that runs through our property. Uh huh. But the soil is this. Well, let me, uh, let me explain anyway, something. There's really no place in the country that's got good garden soil. Um, and, and so you have to make, uh, garden soil. There, there's uh, no, nowhere other than Idaho where, you know, where there is good garden soil all, all across the, that. Massachusetts, we lived on a big sheep farm. Must have been the fertilizer there. Uh, I, I would be willing. So that's a, that's sort of the, 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 your cue right there. Right. Um, well, if, if you so listen much. to my show for a while, you'll hear me say the garden basics, uh, permanent beds, permanent pathways, perfect soil. Uh, grid planting and trellises anywhere you can, succession planting and, and a garden map. And those are my garden basics. And I thank you so much for your help. I listen to your show. I'm so glad it started again. I listen all the time. Thank you. <laughs> well, you call. I want to hear all your successes. Oh, perfect. Oh, and all your failures. What the heck, you perfect. know? <laughs> Have a great day. And I want the tomato sauce recipe too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you. kiddo. Take care and thanks for the call. Boy, it's good to think about tomatoes, isn't it? Uh, fresh tomatoes. Those sun gold ones, yeah. Candy, candy. <laughs> you can give those out on Halloween candy. But, you know, that's the funny thing about sun golds. I, I, you know, they never seem to make it to the house. <laughs> that's true. It, and if you do get some there, you dry them out. They really are candy. You know, <laughs> they are. <laughs> that's the truth right there. They're, they're so good. They're, they're good for fresh picket. <laughs> I do make the kids wash them before they just to be in the habit of it because you never know what what's on them and you know want to make sure they're washed off before they they gobble them up. But um, yeah, tomatoes, and that's you know I, I know you can grow uh, brandy wine because we see them at the 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 garden you know at the farmers market they have these nice big big tomatoes but they also have greenhouses and they have you know they start with sets and you know they're already starting their sets and their sets are already growing you know i'm sure if you go to kate farm you'll see uh you'll see you know tomato sets uh you know <laughs> it's as big as your arm <laughs> So they're starting early and they have, uh, they have actually, you know, heated, uh, um, uh, greenhouses so that they can, uh, keep them going. Anyway, um, well, let's see, where were we anyway? Oh, we were talking sunflowers. And, uh, so that sort of, uh, brings me back to, uh, the garden preparation. What do you, what's, what do you do right now? What are you going to do in the garden? Well, <clears throat> my theme for the day is the quote that comes off a package of seeds that says, as soon as the soil can be worked, 
Now that's a, it's a very nebulous kind of, you know, well, what does that mean? I know the first time I read it, I thought, well, what does that mean? I still read it and sort of go, well, that's a big help. <laughs> but the, what they're trying to get at is when the soil is dried out enough that it doesn't clump together. So when you plant your seeds or when you plant your sets, they aren't suffocated in that thick mud of of uh, soil. You want it to be light and friable. Seeds and plants need not only moisture, but they need air. So if you plant too early before, you know, the garden beet can be worked. The other thing is the the soil temperature is actually just as important as the air temperature. And in some cases, it's more important. And then the third thing about as soon as the soil can be worked, you'll notice that that's only on certain certain seeds, you know. So you've got um, a whole host of things that actually grow better in the cold. And I want to emphasize that because just like there are things that like the heat, there are plants and many of them that like the cold. And, of course, I give you, for instance, which is one of my favorites, is spinach. And frankly, if I planted my whole garden in spinach, it probably wouldn't be enough to freeze enough for the, for the winter. So <laughs> you, what I do is I plant my spinach in October. And because spinach really likes cold weather, it, they weather right through the winter and they start growing. And I have pictures of them growing right through the snow and coming up, uh, in the spring in April. So, you want to um, choose things that say as soon as the soil can be worked. So with your, if you're using permanent beds, right, well, the soil is already very well dried out because you've started with perfect soil. You've started with a mixture of the, the peat moss, the vermiculite, and the compost. And, you know, you're already ready to start planting um, as soon as that snow goes and you and the, the frost is out. Now, um, I checked a few beds and a few of them, there was still little ice down about a couple inches. And then uh, some of them were, looked like they were ready to plant. So I just used my hand rake, uh, rake it down and... Uh, and then they're they're ready to to plant. Well, they're almost ready to plant. I always put a little uh, fertilizer, my annual uh, fertilizer, in, and that's a in a four by four bed, which and I put a, a cup each of uh, uh, sea kelp meal, um, dolomite lime, uh, a good organic fertilizer. And I put a, a rock powder, and the one I choose usually is called azomite because it's readily available. And the rock, all of these things uh, replenish the the vast array of different elements in the soil that are used up by your plants, whether it's boron or copper or um, sulfur in some cases. All these things are being replenished. So I like to do that every, every the beginning of every year just to get things started out right. So once you've done that, you've raked it all up, well, then we can start planting. And looks like Joel might have a call. And Yeah, I'll just introduce him. He is Steve in Roxbury. Okay, Steve in Roxbury. Hey, good afternoon. I had a question. Uh, looking for uh, soil testing uh, service. Yep. 
don't know yeah. if they still do that. Oh or, yeah, there's a lots of places that do soil testing. Uh, the first place you want are you better. you're here in Vermont? Yeah. So check out the um, uh, the UVM yeah. um, Ag Department. They do soil tests and they're 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 fairly inexpensive. And, okay. Um, what you, the things you have to know about the soil test, usually, um, either they have a kit that they'll send you or they'll explain to you how to, how to prepare soil. So you go, you know, you go down and what you want to do is get a, uh, six inches of dirt down, you know, in a, oh, maybe about a two or three inch circle long going all the way down. And then you take that out and you actually let it dry out. And then, oh. then you put that in a sealable plastic uh, bag and you can put a yep. piece of tape over the top just to make sure it doesn't break open and then send that in. And what I did is, um, um, I went to Logan Lags, Logan Labs out in, uh, Ohio and, uh, they have a service, um, which if this is your first time, I really recommend it where um a guy of with who has the name of all things Bill McKibben and he is not uh he is not any relationship to the other Bill McKibben we know but um and he actually will take your soil uh test results and tell you, and give you some ideas about it it's a $30 charge so you know you you have to be you know you have to be prepared to to pay a little extra for it but um when I did it uh, two years ago, I, I was I was really uncertain, and it was a fantastic, uh, um, uh, absolutely fantastic information. I really uh, really appreciated it. Oddly enough, I I was uh, low in nitrogen. Oh. And uh, the other element was sulfur. I mean, I was really very low in sulfur. Now, what you what you kind of what you have to remember is we're not really bringing too many elements from outside into our garden. So something like sulfur, which is there's a tremendous amount of sulfur in in the plants like uh, uh, cabbage, uh, kohlrabi, you know, uh, uh, broccoli, all the coal plants, all of them uh, just absorb a tremendous amount of of sulfur. And when you think of it, even though I the leaves and the roots and all the rest go into the compost pile, the vast majority doesn't. And so you're just sort of depleting that soil of sulfur, you know, fairly regularly over the seasons one year after the other. And there's, right. you know, so how do you replace that? Well, you know, they give you some some very, um, you know, very good uh, uh, choices there. And they always, of course, give you a, an or, organic choice. Or, and right. most of these elements are approved for organic farming and gardening. So, um, oh, okay. Uh, Logan Labs was excellent. Um, UVM, uh, I, I didn't try their, uh, you know, uh, to see if they had somebody who would, uh, give you a, you know, a, um, a very specific individualized kind of uh, recommendations, but, um, you may well be able to find someone there to do that. Okay. Yeah. Unlike the lady over in the Adirondacks, I was up to my eyeballs in tomatoes last year. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my God! They were. Oh, I I was organic gardening before it was fashionable. So yeah, yeah. Well, I started. What was it? When I was seventeen in nineteen sixty-seven. So I I know what you mean. Yeah. So <laughs> when yeah, actually at that time you were you were thought of as an absolute kook, That's you know. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Kind of weirdo that doesn't use fertilizer. Oh yeah. But I've had so well, what did you do to make your tomatoes grow so well? You you, you have to share that with both everything. of us. Uh, lawn clippings, leaves, uh, oh, okay. composted cow manure. Mm-hmm, um, I mm-hmm. limed it like two years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just rotate the crops. I, I mm-hmm. put, I mean, I grow, um, cabbage, collard greens, uh, tomatoes, yeah. Yeah. cucumbers. Um, I, uh, I've done, I did turnips, but they didn't turn out well. They had some sort of worm or yeah. something. Yeah, you almost have to grow them Need under rame cloth. The turnips and daikon radishes and yeah, yeah. Um, uh, potatoes. I've had you know, and you know, uh, had really good luck with those. Mm. Uh, mm. But uh, I just keep on turning everything in and you know mm-hmm. replenishing it and uh, um, you know you take care of the soil and the soil takes care of the rest of yeah. it. So. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of questions. What varieties of tomatoes are you growing? Uh, I did uh, Italian tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was those Amish paste tomatoes that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I put up, I you know, I put up a lot of food myself. So yep. Do you freeze done, or can your tomatoes or both? Can you can? can. Huh. Uh, I'm off the grid, so. Oh, I see. But it, uh, the uh, I did those uh, those gold uh, the the. Sun gold, uh, very, yeah. Sun gold. <laughs> I I probably lost half of them. I I probably harvested about a hundred pounds of them. I, they were just every time I turned around, they were just everywhere. <laughs> so I'm not going to go too crazy with those this year. Yeah, I know, I know. And but, that's uh, that's always the um, how would you say the uh, the balancing act between you know having just enough you know of each right. thing. But now. Um, uh, f- you you know, for a big tomato, what do you use for that sort of a regular tomato, or is it mostly just paste tomatoes? Yeah, mostly the paste tomatoes. Mm. So, yeah. have you ever uh, canned like um, like a V8? You know, uh, tomato juice, tomato sauce. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's nice. You go in the pantry, you pull out a jar of you know tomato sauce, and uh-huh. throw some uh, you know throw some in there and make you know big batch of chili or something. Yeah, yeah, that's um, pretty good. But, huh? uh, the uh, um, we were well. I'm up at 1,700 feet in, in uh, heavy clay soil up mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. The weird thing was when I first started, there was no worms. Didn't see any earthworms. Wow. At all. And got the old Troy built out, and uh, mm-hmm. I used, uh, I actually used uh, some pigs to uh, to clear the you know root mm-hmm. things up. Yep. And turn under, and and then just been going ever since. And uh, you know, I I dig down. For the root crops and things, I dig down as deep as I can with a fork. Well, with the tiller first, and then I yeah. dig it with a fork. Have you ever used a broad fork? You know, no, the, I just use a regular. It's just a tiller and a and a fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I get down probably eighteen inches or so. Wow. Um, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's some spots here that uh, the ledge is only six inches below the surface. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously, no root crops. But yeah, um, right. Right. Russell sprouts and uh, savoy cabbage, and I do all the, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the coal crops, and um, yeah. so I've had pretty good luck with working everything. Um, 
Yeah. But I was curious, you know, to, to get a kind of a baseline of, you know, where the nutrient levels are. Well, you might enjoy, um, it's a, it's a book called Intelligent, uh, Gardener and, uh, what's his name? Something Solomon. And, um, that was actually the reason I ended up doing the soil test was he said that organic, uh, gardeners are in, are actually, um, uh, practicing Samoa gardening. And I, it was kind of cute, Samoa. And basically he's talking about use Samoa compost, oh, Samoa wow. compost. And yeah. he said, you know, you, you don't know if you have the elements you actually need. So that's right. why I ended up doing the, uh, the, the test is because I realized I don't actually know and I just yeah. keep putting on more compost and the compost generally is from the leaves and, you know, occasionally, uh, uh, you know, wood chips if I can get them or, uh, hay if I can yeah. get that or, you know, the, like the long clippings and all those things. But, you know, it's sort of a, would you say a, a too small a circle? You know, you're recycling uh, what you have, but you're not necessarily putting in what you need. Yeah. I, uh, I bought a bagging lawnmower with, you know, just the garden in, in mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I use the Troy built. I make my beds. I make raised beds just to help mm-hmm. the soil warm up better. Yep. Yep. But uh, I also use two foot paths in between because then mm-hmm. I can, Yep. I just throw all my organic material in there and uh, yep. get, uh, um, you know, when it's uh, when it's deep enough, I can rototill it in. And then, you know, at the end of the year, or well, now I, I don't usually till it at the, in the fall, but in the spring I'll, I'll rototill everything in. And, yep. of course, you get all that organic matter that's been composting yeah. all winter. Yep. So, okay, well, well very good. Thanks for the information. Well, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it, right. and I'm, right. I appreciate you listening in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, take care now. So, I guess let's take a break, huh? That's right, for our fine sponsors. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. The telephone number is 802-244-1777. And once again, here's Peter Burke. <laughs> okay, Joe. Um, I realize where I left off. We were talking about as soon as the soil can be worked. And uh, so, okay. Today, you go out, you dig in, there's no ice. You scrape around, making sure that everything is sort of weeded out, no no hidden plants in there. So what are you ready to plant? Well, I already talked about spinach, but you can also plant something like what, they, what some people call a Chinese spinach, which is called tatsoi, and it's got a, a nice little uh, uh, big round leaf like a, like a spinach. It's very cold hardy. And, uh, it, you'll see it actually in some of the, uh, mixes, the salad mixes in the store. And it's, it's got the white, sort of a thick white stem and a big round, round green, green, dark green leaf. 
Uh, dill. You can plant dill now, and dill has become one of my favorite salad vegetables. Uh, besides what you uh, you grow for, you know, for canning, um, dill is a, a wonderful green in in uh, uh, in your salad. Not to mention, I use it in my uh, potato leek soup. Just as much dill as I can get my hands on. Lettuces. There are so many varieties of lettuce now. Right now, though, the early ones is you want to plant. Um, you want to plant leaf lettuces, uh, uh, bib lettuce. Uh, the big uh, icebergs, you know, you want to wait a little bit uh, before you plant those, maybe a couple weeks. But all of your black-seeded Simpson and those varieties all grow very well in this kind of weather. And uh, beets, it's like the uh, bull's blood beet, and that's for greens. That's not for so much for the uh, for the root. And uh, Swiss chard is an excellent thing you can put in as soon as your soil can be worked. And again, um, for the most part, you'll be cutting those out for for salad greens, arugula, mustards. There's so many kinds of mustard. I happen to like the the uh, the the red giant uh, mustard, and it's got a nice spicy leaf. It's just absolutely great, both for salads and for cooking. You can do your early carrots, and you want to use the ones like uh, the Napoli or the Yaya, which are specifically, oh, about a five or six carat. They're fast-growing, the, and they love the cold temperatures, so they're also good for the for late fall planting, but... Um, let's see what else. Oh, peas, peas, of course. If you're, if your soil is dried out enough, um, uh, they will do just fine in this cold weather. They'd actually do very well. Claytonia is another one that, uh, Ed Smith seemed to like a lot. And he, he's very right. It grows in the cold weather, um, uh, just, uh, very, very well. And match, M-A-C-H-E, um, that's also a really nice green. Um, it has a sort of succulent green if you've never used them. Cilantro, so oddly enough, is, is a cold, cold weather favorite, really. Uh, onion bulbs, you can put those in now. So there's a lot of things that we can plant as soon as the soil can be worked. And uh, there's even some sets that you can grow. Your lettuce sets, of course, parsley and and peas. Well, believe it or not, you can you can actually grow peas as sets, not just from the seeds. And I learned this this little uh, jewel from Merrill Laguerre, Laguerre. I don't know if you remember him, but he had a he had a truck farm up in uh, East Callis. And uh, he had a little farmer's market right down the Barry Montpelier Road, but he was a heck of a gardener. And I was in his greenhouse one spring, and I, I was looking at these peas, and they were just marked peas. They weren't marked sweet peas. Uh, so uh, I, when I inquired, I said, Merrill, these are peas. You can't grow pea sets. And he says, well, I'll be darned. I never knew that. I've been doing it for years and years and years. He said, for me, sometimes that's the only way I can get them to, to start. So he started them in little, you know, one seed per six pack in each uh, cell of the six pack. And then he would just plant them in rows just like that. So you can uh, plant sets, uh, starts uh, of peas. 
um, right now in this time of year. Do you have a call? Well, our caller said you were just answering the, his question when, <laughs> when he uh, dialed up. Uh, that's about planting onion sets at this time. So maybe you want to yeah. elaborate a little more on oh, that. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. 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 Onion sets. Now I, I'm, I'm actually talking about the, the little pearls, you know, the little buds, right? If you have, uh, onion, uh, plants, you want to wait a couple weeks for them because a hard frost will kill them. But if you put your sets in, uh, sort of like you plant your garlic, you know, you push them down about two inches, then they'll get started, and in a couple of weeks they'll start to poke their heads up. But uh, um, you don't want to uh, uh, put the 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 green sets out because they will uh, a good hard frost will kill them. So just the little tiny bulbs that you get. Um, I hope that it call back if that didn't answer your question. Um, you'll notice that uh, I grow um, something called walking onions or Egyptian onions. Uh, sometimes they're called potato onions, but they, they are actually a perennial onion uh, or a multiplier onion. And uh, those are those will uh, be coming up about now. Do you got another caller? We have uh, Steve in Heinsberg on oh, the line. S- Steve in Heinsberg. How do you do? Hi. Good have afternoon. A- What's up? Enjoy your show. Oh, thanks. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, I got a question on um, asparagus. Yep. I uh, mulched my asparagus last fall, about six inches of mulch on it. Should I remove that mulch this spring or? You don't really have to. You can. The reasons that you would and the reasons you wouldn't go like this. You would if you're trying to uh, get an earlier crop. You know, because the the soil temperature really regulates how uh, how quickly the asparagus will start to grow, and so if you want to pull off half your garden so that they warm up uh, quickly, the soil warms up quickly, uh, that's fine. If if uh, you're um, you want to delay it a little bit, just go ahead and leave them leave them mulched. But they'll come right oh. up through the mulch. They, they're, oh, okay. They'll they'll lift a truck if they give them a chance. They they have no <laughs> problem. The spear they're they're aptly called spears. So unless yeah. you uh, unless you have something very very solid for mulch, they'll come right through it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Sure. Yeah. What kind of uh, asparagus are you growing? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what kind it is. But yeah. It was, I planted the roots a couple of years ago and. Yeah. Yeah, so they're coming up still sort of about the size of your little finger, or are they coming up big? Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you got a couple of years before you get them big fat ones, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and don't forget that, that the asparagus, you know, need to be fed, you know, a fertilizer, and they need to be watered throughout the year once they, they grow up into plants and fur, you uh-huh. know, ferns, that, that they still need to be fed because that's what's, What's, uh, setting those roots. That's what's giving oh, the strength yeah. to the roots. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, that's, you want to carry on and treat them right. Very good. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Oh, asparagus. Oh boy. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> we, uh, I actually bought asparagus the other day. Put them in the fry pan and stirred them up, and uh, we had more than we could eat, so I chopped them up and put on top of one of our pizzas. You know, (laughs) I never tried it on pizza. Yeah, well, you know, it's good. (laughs) When I think of asparagus, I always think of back in my uh, 
fraternity days, we had a, uh, a cook, Mrs. Gilmore, Mrs. G. Yeah. And she spent an entire day in between, you know, doing the cooking for us, doing crossword puzzles. And she always <laughs> pronounced asparagus as asparagus. <laughs> it's a good, good uh, crossword puzzle word back in the day. <laughs> Joel, I can always rely on you for a bit of trivia that no, absolutely makes a, me laugh. I've got uh, a story about everything. I, I'm afraid I'm still thinking about those nine feeders you said you had in your backyard. <laughs> they are there, and I tell you, all those uh, all those birds that uh, Anson and uh, Chip mentioned mm-hmm. on the bird program were uh, are there, and then some. I oh mean, yeah, and the bluebirds too. I, have... Well, bluebirds don't come to the feeders, but I have spotted them in oh. the in the in the trees nearby. Oh, and, they're uh, so pretty. They they're... haven't come to my bluebird houses. All the swallows have taken over those. But <laughs> uh, anybody that's successful in actually attracting bluebirds to the bluebird houses, House, yeah. let me know the secret. Yeah. I, I guess I... you have to put the little sign up. That's right. You know, no swallows allowed. <laughs> Bluebirds only. Yeah, B and B bluebirds. <laughs> we have a caller on the line. Oh, okay, great, great. Okay, and um, first name in town. Wild Bill from South Woodbury. Oh, hey, goodness. Wild Bill. Okay, <laughs> welcome. You're up my neck of the woods. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but okay, I got a nice little lawn in front of my uh, cabin. Yeah. And of course, well, Quinny Pooh in the middle of the winter time does. Yep. Let's just say we're left with a lot of stuff. Yep. Yep. I know it well. And I usually, well, I rake it all over the bank anyway, but sure. what can I, what, what's the best way I can uh, get my grass back? I usually put lime on it. I yeah. spread lime. Yeah, well, uh, the lime and the fertilizer, they're, they're very, uh, they eat up a lot of nitrogen. So, you know, uh, uh, addressing with, uh, triadolomite lime has a little bit more of the micronutrients or, uh, elements in it. Um, I like the dolomite. And then, uh, uh, you know, just, a, a regular ProGrow, you know, their regular blue bag. And, uh, toss that around, you know, have to spread it with a spreader if you don't have one, but just oh, give them. I've got one. I brought that yeah. a couple of years back when I figured, well, just the lime would do, but yeah. well. I think you need to fertilize them. The, the grass, I mean, uh, you know, that there are, if you go to the hardware store today, you'll see, you know, pallet upon pallet of grass fertilizer, Scott's uh, one brand and so many other, Turf Builder and all this other stuff. And so if you want uh, grass, you're going to have to feed it, you know. Um, uh, if you want dandelions, just leave them alone. <laughs> oh, I don't mind the dandelions. No, what happens is uh, the, the snow and the rain come off the roof, and yeah. pretty much everything in the front gets washed all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a fertilizer would help a, a lot, particularly if if there's uh, that much water going over there. Remember, the water is just going to uh, leach away anything that's that's you know nutrient for the grass. So. Definitely give it a little fertilizer, a little, you know, TLC will do the trick. Uh, I didn't know if there was anything else that I could do to take care of uh, well, Quinny Poo's uh, yeah, things. Yeah, and uh, the lime is probably the main thing. That's, okay, great. Uh, all right, Bill, thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, take care. Well, the uh, lines are, uh, let us uh, do this and then do this and then welcome Brian in Eden. Hey, Brian. 
You're from hey, Eden, huh? I, I like the idea of the dolomite limestone. Mm-hmm. It has magnesium and a bunch yep. of other minerals, yep. which are really helpful. Yeah. Um, also, replanting fescue every once in a while, you have to. Yep. Like, put it in the grass you want. I'm, thank you for that. Or I forgot. clover, too. Yeah. Clover always, you know, revives the nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. That's all. That's it? Yeah. Happy spring, man. We're all drowning in <laughs> sap. I've been up all night, boiling oh, no. freaking sap. Everybody. No, it's bad. It's like people like, oh, my God, the price is going to go down. We have so much sap. <laughs> well, yep. I don't think you have to worry about that. I, first of all, who knows? Who knows how much well, sap Well, the producers got. are like, wait a minute. It's a flood. Yeah, everybody's and, up all night. Boiling. And I can tell you this from personal it's been a funny experience. Season. From personal experience, anybody who has ever tried to make maple syrup from sap knows that it's worth every penny you pay for it. <laughs> it's a funny problem to have. It's a tsunami of sap. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, take care. All right. Thanks for the I'm call. I'm so glad you're back on the air. Yeah, good. Good. Yep, Me too. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I always I always take up my fictitious story of how many, many, many years ago uh-huh. you know, there was a group of, you know, the original occupants of Vermont decided to, hmm, let's boil down some of this maple sap because we got all these maple trees. Yeah, yeah. Maple syrup started. But then in another corner was this other group who had all these hemlock trees. And they said, let's just boil this down and see what it tastes like on my pancakes. Those guys were never heard from never again. Never heard from again. Yeah, okay, <laughs> enough, of my, enough of my stories. But we do want to hear about Potato onions. We've got uh, uh, Linda in Brookfield to talk about that. Uh, Linda in Brookfield to talk about that. <laughs> you want to turn your radio down? Then. Hello. Hi, Linda. How are you today? Hi, Peter. I'm good. How are you? Oh, good, good. Glad Very to be back. Very happy that we're back to gardening. Yes, absolutely. It does It does mark a, <laughs> a wonderful spring moment. It's a signpost, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I planted potato onions last fall. Uh-huh, yeah. Really not knowing exactly what I was doing. Sure. So, and they're coming up. Yep. So I'm totally excited. Isn't and that? my ears perked up when you started to talk about them, but the subject changed. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, potato onions is, uh, they're, um, they are like a perennial, they aren't actually a perennial. The same plant doesn't grow over, but it's, you know, it comes up and then it divides sort of like a, a shallot in a way. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can either eat the, the onion itself or use them as a uh, scallion. Um, they're usually sh- uh, small enough. But at the end of the year, you want to make sure you divide what's left and plant them out again. Okay. What will happen, and and the reason they're called walking onions, is that they actually have a set of bulbs on the top of the the stem. Okay. And then when they fall over, all those bulbs will root. So they'll walk around your garden and one, you know, one stem worth at a time. So So they actually have bulbs on the top, not. No, they have both. They, they're oh, okay. just like a, a garlic in a sense that they have the, the bulb in, in the earth down below. And then they have this whole set of bulbs at the top. 
Okay. And those take, uh, if you wanted to divide them up, but I don't imagine you will have to. But if you wanted, you, those take a couple of years to actually become productive. The best way okay. to do is to split up the, the split head with. that's down in the dirt okay. and then plant those individually. You'll, so you'll, you use yours like scallions? That's generally what I use them for is like a scallion. I use okay. them in my, my stir so fry and my kimchi. You what? You actually pull them like a scallion. Uh huh. Yep. Well, it's and, funny there. And then there are enough left. Yeah, I you know I break them off around. I have um, I have two or three really nice size little heads of them in the corner of the garden. And then uh, my wife got uh, really ambitious and she actually set them out in rows, about a ten foot row. So we have plenty right now. They, okay. They'll, they'll, so you can take a scallion off, uh, you know, uh, and really all you want to do is all you really care about is leaving at least one or two left on that head to, okay. you know, to, to replant later on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. So, Thank you. Uh, th- yeah, they're, they're, uh, a real A new find. adventure. Yeah, a new adventure. That's what I like. And um, let me know what you use them for if you like their flavor and all that other stuff. They, oh, great. Yes. Um, so, They'll probably be available to use in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, basically, you can use them like chives. You know, anytime you want some, just go get one. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, how many did you plant, or did you plant just one? I I planted a couple of very short rows. I have. Okay. Um, yeah. You'll, that'll be plenty for you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, you can just you know use them up as you need them for sure. Yeah, I think I've got plenty. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. And you I mean, can I'll use them at. I probably have about a ten foot row if I stretched it all out. Yeah. Okay. Good. And so, yeah, you can use uh, use them at any stage. Basically, they're they're usable and they have a nice, to, a very strong garlic fl- uh, uh, onion flavor. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Thank you so much. Yeah, all right. Take care. Thanks for the call. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Just a little uh, housekeeping here. Uh, reminder that I won't be here next week. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I made a plan to do a square foot garden class uh, over at City Market uh, next weekend, and I I didn't know at the time when we'd actually be starting. So my mistake, and I apologize for that. So we'll be back on the week afterwards. And um, so the garden preparation, uh, we talked about uh, fertilizing you also want to make sure you fix your boxes up, make sure your trellises are ready. And then don't forget to refresh the, uh, your garden paths. The garden paths are a very important component to, to gardening because that keeps the weeds out. And, um, so I usually use, you know, a couple of bags of bark and just put a few more inches on there. And, uh, then I, Make sure you add a compost to your beds, whatever compost you have if you're buying it from, you know, Vermont Compost Company or from, you know, Moodoo or whichever kind of compost you use. And, uh, so you, you want to do those things to get started early on. Do we have a caller? We have. Well, you'll recognize her voice. Here's Nola. <laughs> Oh, I promised myself I won't bother you today. I'll stay out of your hair. Oh, no, that's fine. I welcome your call. Just so good to hear all these people calling in. (laughs) Isn't that though? Yeah, I get a real thrill. Because I think, especially in the world we're living in right now, gardens are 
for sure. Yeah, you heard my book. intro about the, uh, the the sunflowers for Ukraine. Oh, I have so many Ukrainian friends from back in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wanted to let everyone know regarding that call, an amazing array of sunflower seeds, mm. just beautiful seeds, is available from an or, a company called Seed Savers Exchange. Oh, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's a great um, idea. I've been thrilled by their seeds, and there were two sunflowers. I won't talk too long. They're out in Iowa, by the mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. We planted two of their sunflowers at the tribute garden we did for Jim Foster. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Tara Muhara. Mm-hmm. No, Tara Humara. <laughs> it's a Native American variety. No kidding. Yes, we grew it down. In the lowlands, not up here in Ripton, but in outside of Middlebury, um, in a garden that's well composted because Jim, I mean, that's what his farm is. They do compost. And the sunflower grew up to the top of the barn. <laughs> I'm not saying that's necessarily good, but let's just say it was a happy plant. But they've, they've got some fantastic, some beautiful, beautiful varieties. The other one that's really pretty is called Orange Sun. Mm. So um, Yes, that's a really pretty one. And whether you can reach them or not, the birds will definitely find them. Matter of fact, the chipmunks were up in mine. Well, maybe there were chipmunks up in the barn. You know, they just looked out and said, hey, wow, we don't have to climb. It's right here. <laughs> Thank so you very much. <laughs> so anyway. Um, Should have been Jack in the uh, sunflower stock, right? <laughs> it could have been. Why not? We could use a new story once in a while. Well, it's snowing here in Ripton today. So we won't be doing any planting outdoors. But I just wanted to leave you with a short little Robert Frost poem. Okay, great. And then uh, those wonderful gardeners can keep calling us given this to you all before, but I'll Mm. give it again. Mm -hmm. It's called Putting in the Seed. You come Mm. to fetch me from my work tonight when supper's on the table, and we'll see if I can leave off from burying the soft white petals fallen from the apple tree. Soft petals, yes, but not so barren quite, mingled with these smooth bean and wrinkled pea. And go along with you ere you lose sight of what you came for and become like me. Slave to the springtime passion for the earth, how love burns through the putting in the seed. And on through the watching for the early birth, when just as the soil tarnishes with weed, a sturdy seedling with arched body comes, shouldering its way and shedding the earth crumbs. <laughs> what and a beautiful image. Thank you, Nola. Thank you very much. little plants, they mm. just... Shouldering their them. way through the soil. <laughs> yeah. So be well, and and thank you. Thank you. And this is just the beginning. We'll be back. All right. Uh, So, Joel, how are we close to the end? I got about two minutes or so. Okay. All right. From final thoughts or final thoughts. Uh, So. the next show is what I'm calling the Y Show, and had a very cute little exchange with a, a young lady. I was talking to her dad about um, the garden basics, and I rattled off the, the the beds and the paths and the perfect soil, and I rattled that all off, and and he was nodding his head, and she looked at me, and said, "But why? But why?" <laughs> <laughs> so. 
I'm going to try to explain the but why for our little tiny gardener and uh, see if that doesn't help out. <laughs> and I guess with that, we will say we'll see you. I do. Okay, thank you. April yeah. 23rd, yep. A lot, of, a lot of big folks have but whys as well. <laughs> Gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke. Brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott. Family milled lumber for all projects. Check them out on Facebook. And by Guys Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. GuysFarmandYard.com. Be sure to join us in two weeks at 12:30 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow, someone warm them from below, till the rain comes tumbling down.